Hi, welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, pastor here at Faith Lutheran Church, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America based out of Shelton, Washington. Thanks for tuning in today. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. So, we are wired to ask questions from the time that we're little, aren't we? We ask, where do babies come from? Or, why is the sky blue? Sometimes we ask other questions like, why is life so hard? What is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? These are big questions, and they defy a cookie-cutter answer. And so that's what stories are for, right? We tell stories. And the Holy Spirit knows the value of a good story, so the Bible is brimful of compelling, multifaceted stories that make us think and to help us see the world through fresh eyes. Did you know the Bible includes not just one, but two stories of creation about how and why God created the heavens and the earth and everything in between, including you, including me. So we're going to read the second of the two creation stories, Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. And then I'll share with you a couple things I noticed as I read this story today, and and by suggesting a few takeaways that uh, you and I can can, uh, consider for the weeks ahead. The sermon title for today is Tending the Earth. We turn to Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had sprung up yet. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man, Adam, became a living being. Now Yahweh God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put Adam, the man he had formed. And Yahweh God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there's gold. The gold in that land is good. Aromatic aromatic resin and onyx are also there. Tongue twister. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Well, the Lord God took Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And Yahweh God commanded Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And Yahweh God said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to Adam to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. 
So Yahweh God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place uh, with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. And that is why Adam leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. Here ends the reading. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. They say we use stories to to address complicated questions. And so every culture and people has stories about our, our origins, how and why the earth was formed, how and why people came to be, how it is we're supposed to relate to our surroundings, how it is we're supposed to relate to other people. So when Genesis 2 emerged a few thousand years ago, there were other civilizations like the Babylonians, Egyptians, Canaanites. They all had creation stories too. Now the thing about those stories is they tended to promote a, a kind of a hierarchy of power. Typically the gods were at the top and then there was a pharaoh or a king under, under the gods. And then there are the wealthy men and then the poor men and then the women, foreigners and children, and then the cows and the dogs, and then the plants and the water and the dirt. And the lower beings existed to serve the higher beings. And according to those stories, that's just the way it is. It's a hierarchy. So Genesis 2 presents a very uh, different kind of natural order, an upside-down or even anti-hierarchy. Here, God is not at the top of the food chain, but rather creates and sustains a food chain. This is an anti-hierarchy, one in which the powerful serve the needs of those who have less. And it begins with God, God who creates everything and then assumes responsibility for its care, for providing for all the people and the trees and the animals. To partner with him, God creates Adam, mud guy. (laughs) And, And first God pledges to provide, protect, and preserve Adam and then tasks this first man with partnering with God in tending the earth, including the plants and the animals. God's creation, according to Genesis 2, is designed for community, for relationships. It's not good for a person to be alone, the Bible says. And so the pinnacle of God's creation is woman, a companion, a co-worker, made of the same stuff as Adam. And those two, joined in community, become one, the Bible says. And so here we have established the basis for the idea of a family, of community, of the human family, all receiving the provision of God, all formed and created by God, receiving the provision of God, tending the land, enjoying its beauty and bounty, learning everything we can about this world. Genesis 2 is a human hierarchy turned on its head, an anti-hierarchy. Genesis 2 also articulates what, you know, the, both the bounty and the boundaries of creation. First, the bounty. The bounty, the provision of God is clear. There's plenty for everyone to eat. Some of the trees are just there because they're pretty. But God's bounty is a gift to be shared by all. Now, this is God's modus operandi throughout the whole Bible. From the Garden of Eden to the manna in the wilderness to the promised land 
to the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation in Jesus Christ. There is enough for all and it's all gift. And even your ability to work, your circumstances, your so-called work ethic, all these, the Bible says, are also gifts from God and nothing to brag about. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, Moses says in Deuteronomy 8.17. But remember that Yahweh, your God, is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth. No, it's all a gift and there's plenty for everyone. People in creation suffer and starve, not because there isn't enough, but because we don't steward it well, because we don't share it. There is bounty, and there are also boundaries. There's some fruit that's not good for us, and that's what Genesis 2 also introduced. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, we're talking metaphorical fruit here, right? But this image is that that of reaching for something that isn't ours to take or that we're not ready for or that is above our pay grade or our capacity to digest. It's out of bounds. And Genesis 3 is going to tell us what happens when humanity bumps up against this boundary that God has set. We as human beings uh, bite off more than we can chew and our lives get out of sync with God and out of God's good creation because we crossed a boundary. So Genesis chapter two is at the heart of of, uh, understanding that that we're created in God's image and that there's plenty for us and that there are also limits to what we can do. We're mortals. And Genesis two is also at the heart of what is known as the stewardship of creation. We are stewards of creation. That is, we steward, we take care of, we tend to all of God's creation, the heavens and the earth and everything in between. We don't own it. It ain't ours. But we manage it in the name of God. Yahweh took Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. This is a form of the first original great commission, which is tend the earth. Take care of, lovingly tend the good gifts of God's creation, the trees and the rivers, the wild animals, the glaciers and oceans, all of it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 5 suggests that the fruitfulness of the earth actually relies on both God's provision and Adam's role of working the land, managing the resources. So we were made to work the garden and take care of it. And in order to take care of it, we have to learn about it. Adam is charged with naming the critters. (laughs) Uh, We need to know the animals. We need to learn that water ultimately comes from evaporation from the ocean that forms clouds, and then the jet stream carries the clouds over the land where the moisture descends in the form of rain and snow, which then flows downstream as creeks and rivers and soaks into the ground to become groundwater. That way... When, say, the rivers dry up or the groundwater goes away or the temperatures rise or the glaciers disappear, Adam can apply that knowledge of the earth and chart a corrective course to change behaviors that, well, they seemed like a good idea at the time. That's stewardship of creation. That's why we're here. That's why God made us the way God made us. And so this church, this congregation rejects a notion that somehow we have and bear no responsibility for the care and future of the planet. Of course we do. Genesis chapter 2 and the weight of biblical witness affirms the mandate and responsibility for the human family to steward creation and tend the earth. 
old Martin Luther, 16th century pastor and, and our namesake, was famously asked what he would do if he knew for certain that the world was going to end tomorrow. I'd probably plant a tree, was his response. Therefore, grounded in scripture and in the Christian faith, this congregation's vision statement explicitly affirms our Christian calling to joyfully serve all God's creation. And our mission statement affirms that we participate in God's mission when and whenever we are caring for creation. So the last thing I'll say about Genesis 2 today is that it affirms that human beings are meant for community. We are meant for relationship. Everything to that point that God had made was tov. It was good. But it was not good, it says in Genesis 2.18, for a person to be alone. We are to take care of creation, but we are also part of creation. And therefore, we need to take care of each other, right? Creation was meant for human community, for family, for civil society. This includes the immediate family, mommies and daddies making babies, the two becoming one flesh. But the Bible also describes all sorts of family systems, right? Uh, Throughout the scriptures, there are single and married, multi-generational, interracial, adopted, extended families, and, and all of them more or less are, well, just complicated. And we are part of a larger human family too. The book of Revelation at the end of scripture envisions the culmination of creation as including a multitude of people, too many to count, people from every language, tribe, tongue, and nation standing before the throne of God. The world was made for community. We were made for community. So I want to leave you with five takeaways. The first is this, read and tell more stories, right? Go, read Genesis 1 and 2 or, or find a children's version with pictures. Those are more fun. Or find and read other creation stories from other traditions and, and compare them and, and let the Holy Spirit speak through them. Let these stories spark your imagination. See the world with fresh, fresh eyes. Let them uh, enhance your wonder Let them remind you of your value as a precious child of God, created in God's image. Second, consider the spiritual practice of tending the earth, of caring for creation. Maybe it means planting a garden or watering your plants. Maybe it means learning about your carbon footprint or alternative energy sources or starting to recycle or or support a clean water project. Faith is starting a new green team, small group, to consider the stewardship of creation and what it means for our congregation, you can sign up uh, by that. You can go to our website and learn more about it. Third, tend to your family, whatever that looks like for you, right? Pray for and encourage kids going back to school. Pray for and encourage young adults trying to navigate a very different world than the one you and I grew up in. Pray for and encourage family and friends that are aging, hospitalized, or failing to thrive. Remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Fourth, remember that you are not alone. You are beautiful, and you are valued, and you are loved, just as you are. A precious Adam, a precious Eve, a precious child of God. And finally, I urge you to once again pray for the human family. Pray for our nation and our world. Pray for the healing of the planet. 
Pray for the healing of the nations. Pray for the healing and restoration of the whole human family. Stories tell us who we are, where we came from, what we're here for. The Holy Spirit, as I said, knows the value of a good story, so the Bible includes not just one, but two stories of, about how and why God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 2 teaches us to treasure and take care of the planet. Genesis 2 teaches us to treasure and take care of each other. May you never tire of listening to and learning from the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in the stories of Scripture. Amen. That's what I've got for you today. Thanks for listening, folks. Our website is www.faithshelton.org. This podcast is available on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple and Google. So you can like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. Thanks, Chaz and Nadia, for your production and tech support for this podcast every week. And I'll leave you all with a benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.